0: Every single change that we can see in human history um, has happened because there was one speech that changed the way we thought of things. You can think of the Martin Luther King speech. You can think of Steve Jobs being on stage talking about the phone with one button. Everyone thought he was loony. So there's, you know, speech has been part of us communicating ideas, big ideas for a long time. If there's a way that you can have that huge connection on, on a weekly basis, uh, why wouldn't you want to have that?
1: Welcome to Investing in the US, an Aussie's Guide to US Real Estate, a podcast for international investors and real estate entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. G'day, g'day ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast. From Los Angeles, I'm your host, Reed Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. I'm glad you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop when it comes to investing here in the United States. From real estate investing to business investing to being an entrepreneur. Each show I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they've created successful businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of you, my cracking listeners, to get off the couch and go out and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, no advertising, just straight into the nuts and bolts. If you do like this show, please give us a review on iTunes, and it's easy, quick, and simple. Shows iTunes that we're creating an incredible community of loyal listeners and loyal fans who want to invest. Guest here in the United States. And you can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosans. You can also find this show, where, this show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play. But you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. Head over to ReedGoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these shows each and every week. You can see my ugly mug, but you can see the beautiful faces of my guests. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. Today in the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Ronsley Vaz. Ronsley is a speaker author, marketer, and all-round entrepreneur. He is the author of the book, Amplify, How to Raise Your Voice, Boost Your Brand, and Grow Your Business. His podcast, Bond Appetite, is Australia's number one food podcast on iTunes and receives between eight to 12,000 listens a day. Ronzi is the founder of a content marketing agency called Amplify, which has grown from zero to 12 staff in just 10 months. Ronzi has his MBA in psychology and leadership, and before all of that, he has his master's in software engineering as well as a diploma in financial services. Ronsley's journey has seen him specialize in a variety of industries but before killing it as an entrepreneur he worked as a DJ, software engineer, financial advisor, chef, and restaurateur. His new adventure, uh, or his new venture, I should say, is Amplify, and it's all about converting audio into content eco-chambers. He and his team help clients create content and turn it into genuine digital assets that allows them to grow their business and scale. I'm really pumped to have him on the show today, but enough out of me, let's get him out here. G'day, Ronsley, how you doing today, mate?
0: Nice. I'm really good. Thanks for <laughs> having me on the show. That's, uh, that's a very flattering. Actually, I got to change half of that stuff, but that's really cool. <laughs> well,
1: mate, I, I, I pulled it off your your, your, your website, uh, amplifyagency.com. So uh, I was really intrigued by your story. And, and a lot of people might be asking, what am I getting an Australian entrepreneur on the show for? This is an Investing in the US podcast show. But we're going to get into that in a little bit, into the nuts and bolts. But before we do, in the introduction there, I summarized a bloody long list of past jobs and careers. Do you want to maybe rewind the clock and walk us through how you got to where you are today?
0: Uh, one foot in front of the other, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you know, everything in hindsight seems like 2020. Uh, I think listening back and, and, and sometimes when I hear this kind of stuff, I, I can't really believe that, that I've actually been through some of that stuff. Right. Um, um it's just literally been, you know, how can I be better than I was yesterday? And that kind of uh, that's always been sort of drilled. I, I actually don't know where I got it from, but it's something that I've I've kind of uh tried to live up to every day. And there are some days that it doesn't work out and some days that it does. But I think I have shiny ball syndrome, and that's why I have so many different, um different designations. In fact, yeah, I find that surprising. I really do. Like when I listen back and I kind of think of all the different things that I've done, I I, I really think that 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 is just shiny ball. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's 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 new. That's fine. <laughs> let, let me go and chase that." Um, so that's really been I mean, I grew up in India, so you know, we first do IT to figure out what we want to do the rest of our life. Uh that's just normal. Um we we it's drilled into us that the more degrees we have the, you know, the, the better our chances of, of, of making through life. I, I was told that I had the aptitude to be an engineer. So that's <laughs> how I got into engineering. I, I I have to say that I loved computers and still do. And I think that gives me a huge advantage in business because everything is computerized these days. And I think that people should pick stuff up uh, a lot quicker, but I forget that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a trained computer engineer. Um, <laughs> So yeah I mean I I did I did my engineering in India before before working there and then realizing that the market wasn't for me it was very based on I'll tell you what to do and I'll tell you how to do it and I'll tell you what to do I won't tell you why and you can't think for yourself and 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 you know in India it was really interesting because I just stood out or I stuck I just stood out for no reason even if I was walking down the street and um I knew I had to leave uh, to, you know, explore what else was out there. Uh, so I was born in Bahrain. My mom's Portuguese, my dad's Indian. So I already wow. have a mixture and I'm Ronsley. So, you know, there's no other Ronsley that I know around. So he's like, "All <laughs> oh, I'm going to try something new and different and, and not be the norm. Um, and luckily, dude, I, I arrived in Australia. Uh, the options were the States and, and the UK. In India, the States are to glorify the promised land, really, So mm-hmm. It's like it's, you know, once you get there, your life is made, sort of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but mate, I, I arrived here. You know, I wanted to 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 come to Brisbane primarily because you know all the Indians were going to sit here and Melbourne, and I'm like, I want actually want you know I want to check out different other cultures, and and I arrived here, and it's been it's been 18 years. I haven't been homesick. So wow, um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: mate, I know Bris Vegas very well. Uh, I went to University of Queensland in St Lucia. Oh, really? for, for all those people who are listening out there, yes, I did just call it Bris Vegas. It, it has this weird name, and it's uh, in Queensland. Check it out. Uh, but, but Ronsley, that's a huge step. Like, I know in myself leaving Australia to go, leaving Brisbane to go to the United States. It's like a huge leap. Of faith, right? And you're leaving your home. You're leaving your loved ones. I left a job, a very s- secure job, and I'm a civil engineer uh, in Brisbane. So walk me through that. Just like you must have had the inner demons talking to you, like just absolutely screaming at you to say, "Hell no! I'm not going to. I'm not going to take that leap of faith." So what? What? How did you get over that? How did you quell that and, and just get the balls to go and do it?
0: uh it seems like so long ago. To be honest, I I don't necessarily think that it was that big a jump or leap of faith for me um i i did come in with 400 dollars in my pocket um which was crazy and now it, it seems crazy <laughs> but i wanted to explore i wanted i wanted i wanted to try something new and and i didn't know what what was gonna what was gonna come my way i had no idea i'd never been to australia before i had never been to yeah i had never been to the u.s before in fact i had i was very i had not traveled much at all um, so it was exciting mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the yep. least i uh, also i i did not like to be boxed into a certain thing into a certain you know area in 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 india you know i believe that in india we're racist towards each other more than we are <laughs> racist towards anyone else. We divide on caste and on religion, on subcast and subcrete. And there's all these different divisions. And um, I think it's probably what, you know, the British left behind. I don't know, but it's just, um, like I said, I stood out for no reason. Like I really ha- ha- didn't try. So every time I asked a question, it would be this big, you know, taboo sort of thing and, I couldn't wait. I, I, to be honest, I I couldn't wait to sort of go to a place that I wasn't necessarily known, so I could mm-hmm. start and 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 try to discover me, and and I'm still discovering me. So uh, <laughs> that that was exciting, I suppose.
1: And and just with all the the. The, I guess the long laundry list of all the jobs you've had—have they all been in Australia? From your MBA to financial advisor to restaurant or to chef, now into small business owner—that's an incredible boom, 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 boom. Like, I, I guess, really shiny object syndrome, right? If you could ever bottle that up and think, you know, Ronzi epitomizes that. Oh God, what's that over there? What's that over there? What's that over there? Right? It's, it, oh. So, it was it just a, you wanted to try it and said, "Screw it! I've already I've already come this far. Why not try everything?" You know.
0: Yeah, I think I think the best part about being an international student in Australia is that, you know, you and, and with $400 is that you got to find work immediately. Right. You got to do it quickly, like it's, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh so my first job was delivering pizza. Uh literally 3 4 days after I arrived uh because I <laughs> I didn't have the money to obviously pay <laughs> rent for the next week. Um and I did everything in that time that I could possibly try bar driving a taxi because I didn't want to be, bo- again, didn't want to be boxed, <laughs> that, right? Um, and uh, not knowing that a few years later that, you know, Indian pizza delivery drivers would become a thing, um, <laughs> it did. Uh, so, yeah, I tried, you know, um, unpacking meat for Woolies at four in the morning uh, in, in like, you know, in the freezers with all these coats on. Uh, you know, strawberry picking, uh, which didn't last long. I tried, um, I tried Seven Eleven for like two weeks. I did not last there <laughs> long at all. You know, it was just, uh, it was just ridiculous. But, but I tried all, a whole bunch of other things which you know was, was awesome like I, I, I thought at Griffith University so I was doing my, my my master's thesis there I did a research research master so I, I actually wrote a thesis on software quality mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy because I'm now implementing some of those processes within my you know within my business uh, so you don't really know what kind of skills you pick up along the way that you can sure. actually use and, and and that kind of stuff so you know I was always told that I was technical as a person. So uh, that's why I didn't even think of an MBA at the time. I just thought, all right, you've done your Bachelor's of Engineering and the next step is your Master's of Engineering. And that's really what I did. Right. Um, and I loved it. I loved the, 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 the whole, because I focused on process quality. A quality process equals a quality product. So, you know, software quality is a very difficult is difficult to measure. Like you can, you can measure the sturdiness of a table or something tangible, but software is very volatile. So it's very, and it was very different at the time. Now it's a lot more evolved 18 years on, but it was a cool, it was cool to get involved in it at the time. And man, I got a, I got a job doing some cool stuff um, for a company called Beeline Technologies uh, straight out of university. Actually, no, I, I was, I was teaching. So before that, so just after i finished my thesis i got that job as a software engineer uh and they would do we would do things like you know a tractor would wake up in the morning and go plow the field on itself by itself now okay. you have driverless cars and it's, it seems like oh yeah that sounds but 18 years ago that was like that was cutting edge That was cutting edge <laughs> you know that was amazing
1: and i'm sure uh, it had to be in the middle of a paddock somewhere because a tractor couldn't hit anyone right
0: <laughs> yeah that's true it's true like you know we were doing stuff in mori and you know, St. George and like really outskirts. And and we were giving farmers that had spent their whole lives building these farms like so much more profit by giving them these these technologies that will allow them to, uh, you know, hire less, I suppose, but also keep mm-hmm. a lot more of the profits and, and that kind of stuff. So that was amazing. That was really, really cool. And then I got a chance to implement my thesis, which was on software quality in this company, and they got bought over by a bigger company so overnight I became this global quality manager and I genuinely had no idea what it was like to be that because I was like thinking wait tomorrow I'm not even sure of my job what I'm supposed to be doing like you know it was just overnight that really happened and then mm-hmm. they paid for an MBA um, that's how I got that and I think the MBA switched on my entrepreneurial brain and away we went. And the
1: rest is history, as they say. The rest is history. Well, mate, the reason I got you on the show today, because I I did hear your story through uh, another podcast that I subscribed to. And I talk a lot about on the show, which is becoming a key person of influence. And a lot of people hear me rant on about like how you raise money for real estate and how you get started in syndication and raising capital and blah, blah, blah. But at the essence of all of that stuff and any business development, it is really boils down to, again, key person of influence. How much does someone want to invest in you, invest in your idea, invest in the business? And it doesn't matter what the business is. It's like, as an entrepreneur, you're trying to just get a a sale. And these days, a lot of people are using different techniques like podcasting, like releasing books, creating a personal brand. And that personal brand is essentially making them, uh, if they're advertising, right? So, so, Tell me how you personally, that clicked on in your brain to then create now what is Amplify and I'll let you explain exactly what it does and how you create that key person means with status for everyone.
0: Mm. Oh my God. Because
1: as an engineer myself, I like, I didn't know what the hell, what's a KPI? What's the key person? What's a, what is content? What is, what's a book?
0: <laughs> sure. So, um, Key person of influence is an amazing uh, program, uh, and it's a book written by you know Daniel Priestley, and he outlines exactly, you exactly. Know, how the five steps to becoming a, a key person of influence. Uh, just backtracking, <laughs> before that, um, as part of my journey, I became a you know restaurateur, and, right. and and wanted to learn. I was always a cook; I was never a chef, <laughs> and I wanted to learn to be a chef. Uh, so. I employed a head chef that trained me in my own kitchen, starting off, you know, washing dishes. I washed dishes in my and he own trained you. Yeah, he trained me. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, graduated from washing dishes and then, you know, went to prep work and then went on to pans and then went on to, you know, uh, running the kitchen and doing the pass and then finally got the head chef status Un- unconventionally, but, you know, got that... But it was my first business, and um, I literally had—I was so naive. I was, even though I had an MBA behind me, I had no real, you know, business experience at all. Um, and that that business failed massively. Uh, <laughs> we did service on a Saturday night, and on Sunday the locks were changed, and uh, <laughs> half a—I had half. Well, my wife had half a million dollars in debt. Wow. And, uh, that was that was twenty sixth of May, twenty thirteen. So that was not long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in ret- retrospect, but I I was given um, you know a ticket because I did a friend's website for free, so she bought me this ticket to the Brand Accelerator. <laughs> um, I didn't have the money. I definitely didn't have the money. I had negative money at the time, and um, my wife actually forced me to join. She said, I've, wow. I've, I've not seen you this excited about something. You'll find the money. It's, <laughs> it's, but, um, so lucky. I was lucky because I I wanted to postpone it. Uh, it was, you know, it was three months after we got married. Everyone told me when I asked them what the definition of a husband was to be the provider. <laughs> and it was all like all this stuff happening in your head. And then and you suddenly are <laughs> in this position. And And luckily, you know, she had the courage for both of us. So I did the Key Person of Influence program, which was life-changing uh, for me. Um, and one of the concepts, so going back to your original question, one of the concepts that changed the way I thought about business right. was that every business today is a media company before they are a mechanic or a dentist or a real estate agent, or uh, it doesn't matter what a restaurateur restaurateur as well you know you you, first things you do is you you secure your your website Mm -hmm. and uh and what's the point having a website if you know you don't rank in in Google? and what's the use of a website if someone's searching for stuff that you can do and they can't find you and all these concepts come from you know the key person of influence being you should have to be able to be found and if someone Google's who you are and they don't, they, nothing comes up. Then what are the chances of them doing business with you or wanting to um, interact with you? However, flip that around, and uh, you are a media company, irrespective of whatever field you're in. And uh, you know, you 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 get found. Mm-hmm. What, what are the chances of someone wanting to to do that? Like the key person of influence program has been by far that one moment in my life that has kind of made such a huge difference uh from there so that was my journey I started it off you know thinking that I would start would be in food which uh was the plan It, it it happened that way started the uber for chefing which was called bond appetite so chefs would go to people's houses and cook for them and they knew they had to eat healthy but They didn't have the time to make it happen, and chefs who had spare time would go to their homes. And you know, I started the podcast to promote that business, and then um, we became a media company really quickly, (laughs) uh, which was crazy. And then everyone was like, "Well, make me a media company too," Uh, and uh, you know, that's how I got got into podcasting, and from that, um, we have Amplify today.
1: That's it's an incredible story, and I want to just for all those people who don't know the key person of influence status or people or the people behind it, Dan Priestley um, and Carl, um, Carl uh, Glenn Carlson. Glenn Carlson, Glenn Carlson, check them out. Awesome guys, free book or whatever it is, but it, it changed my life as well. There's a couple of books up there. Rich Dad Poor Dad is one of them uh, for our work week, and the key person of influence status, but. It's interesting when you read that book and they talk about publishing and platform and all that sort of stuff, just how when you just, the blinkers nearly come off is if like, you can apply the rules to any business. Um, And through some of my mentors here in the United States, it's about developing that brand and and, and leaning into what you are. And and, and you are a brand first and foremost. And In real estate investing, they talk about, you're gonna attract your first investor because they like to invest in you, not necessarily what the deal is. And it's the same with business, right? They invest in in you first, then the business second. Um, So talk to me a little bit about how those blinkers came off for you. And it sounded like it came off in a pretty big way. And, and and then how quickly that scaled because it sounds like Bond Appetite uh, was was a business but then very quickly transformed or as, as KPI says pivot into something else right?
0: Yes, so Bond Appetite, uh, you know, was a was a I created the, the the business and then started the podcast and the podcast at the time you know, um, dude, I had no money like it, I was literally trying to pay off every single bit of debt that, that, that we had so every bit of money that was coming in was sort of going to paying off that debt um, I remember buying my podcast kit $179 with I think $210 in the account Uh <laughs> <laughs> even now when I talk about like I'm talking about it now it seems like wow that that's crazy but at the time it was just something that needed to be done mm-hmm. um, and then Bon Appetit got listened to like you know a million times I think in uh, six months or something Wow. And, yeah and um, iTunes Australia plus that it you know on the banner section next to Triple J and ABC radio I don't know where they got the, the, the graphics from but <laughs> You know, suddenly one day someone's like send me a message saying, how do you manage to do this? Look at it going, Wait a minute. How, how am I on iTunes like this? Like, so, um, yeah. And, and then when that happened, you know, a lot of my keepers of influence friends, a lot of my business owner friends kind of went, you know, help me do this as well because it makes so much sense. And, um, I created a, a course, which was an outline of a course of how to you know, uh, start your own podcast mm-hmm. and, have, and make, it, make it your media agency for, for your business. And in a week, I sold eight, eight, eight of those and made 32 grand Wow! In, in, in the account. Like there was 32 grand in the account <laughs> in a week and a half. And I went, wait a minute, I don't even have the whole course done yet. Wow. i just, I, just, I just have the outline, and that that was another big business lesson for me that you know proving product market fit is so important um, with the restaurant. I sunk all this costs into creating uh, the restaurant before people could buy from it i didn 't even know whether they wanted what I had to sell right At all um, but this way, I could find out whether someone wanted the stuff I was creating before actually going and putting all this, uh, you know, effort and sunk cost into into stuff. So
1: people were paying you prior to even seeing any sort of hard evidence of any course, any fancy videos, any front-end interface. That's incredible. That's really
0: incredible. I, I actually, so I took that one step further with Amplify and I'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> but but, but what what was happening was I suddenly realized that, you know, this was a thing. So I already had, some sort of trust because these people that sure. bought from me at the time kind of knew about Bon Appetit and, and, and the listeners and, you know, being on iTunes. So they, they had some thing to go by. It was not, they were not, they were not a cold audience um, to put that in perspective. Right. But then, then I started going into a cold audience. So I started going to businesses and say, hey guys, you've got to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. And they would, they would just tell me to go you know myself and uh, (laughs) (laughs) they're like you know i've got other things to deal with like team and cash flow and and all this other stuff and you're telling me to start a podcast you're a jackass (laughs) um so like wait something i'm doing something wrong here and it took me a few months and then i tried again and i would go into the businesses and say hey guys you need to storytell using podcasts and then they would think about it and then they would tell me to Myself, and and I was like, "Wait a minute, okay, I'm getting close." And uh, then the idea for Amplify came around, and, and I said, I would go into businesses and say, "You know how every conversion in a business happens in a conversation. It doesn't matter whether you're getting a partner on board or, or a team member or a client. they all happen in conversations, and you need to harness the power of conversation, and then they would think about it and go, "Oh, so I should start a podcast." <laughs> So, I was getting, I finally got, you know, the pitch right. Right. And I said to myself at the time, I'm not going to spend a single cent on branding, on website. I'm first going to get 10 beta clients who are going to be willing to come on board at 50% of the normal costs and be beta clients. And they'll know that they are beta clients. And uh, I remember like two and a half months, I had eight. And I had eight and I had a phone call from one of them and said, hey, you know, I have a friend of mine who has this business and they'd be the perfect, you know, client. What's your business called? i went, like, oh, damn, I've got to name this thing now. <laughs> so I didn't even have a name. Uh, but yet
1: they were pitching for you to someone else. Yes. So they're like, oh, this guy, there's a guy who's got this great idea. He's going to convert all this content for you. You're going to go nuts.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, and it was just the idea of being able to to take conversations and make it, you know, uh, work for you because we're having them all the time, right? Right. right. Just about being able to, you know, how many times have we had a conversation that he said, "Like, I wish someone was a fly on the wall. I wish one of my prospects was a fly on the wall, uh, listening to this conversation." So the, the I was able to put the concept in a way that you know it made sense and also it was easy to to convey that, uh, to someone else if, you know, they were, they were doing that kind of stuff. So then I named it, I think we first 21 clients, we didn't have a website, uh, then we started putting, you know, money into branding and website and, um, and then wrote the book and, 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 um, won a whole bunch of awards that year. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. won a whole bunch of awards that year. And, um,
1: Yeah, did you write it yourself or did you use any hacks that I know the KPIs love to hack hack away at?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so um, I wrote it myself, but I think I'm one of the few authors in the world that got the manuscript back from the editors and just literally went, accept all changes. (laughs) 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 uh, I'm like, you know, the editor knows more than I do, so or better than I do, and how it's going to sound right, and just accept all changes. and and, um, and away we went. Awesome. Awesome.
1: But, to, but back to your the, the whole concept of, you know, I think it's so important that with your restaurant business, you were sinking money into it and you had no product. You had no proof of concept. Yet this other business, people had developed trust with you because you started your own podcast. You think, hey, this guy's already done really well. And And before I go on with my second question, was that podcast... Was it was it a fluke or was it you know uh, did you methodically plan it out and say oh this is going to be really really popular and I just knew that it's going to be really really popular?
0: No, it was it was a fluke, dude. Wow! Uh, it was wow! A total fluke. That's, that's um, awesome. In, in the sense that, in the sense that I, I followed stuff that was out there, but it was common knowledge. It wasn't like any brain science behind it. Right. Uh, right. The only thing that I did was I released three episodes a week. Okay, um so there's a um, lot of content at the beginning went, yeah i went I went all out um, and yeah, you know uh, i just I started to draw conclusions like hindsight's twenty twenty mm-hmm. I started to draw conclusions um after implementing stuff, just so trying work if it worked, did more of that if it didn't work, stop doing that sure,
1: sure, so. Amplify came from what? Like you'd started this business. What was the business that you were trying to help other people besides just capturing conversations? What are, what are you doing with it now to help them grow their business?
0: So uh, a variety of things. First of all, you know, when I started uh, Amplify, I had about, you know, three and a bit years of um, Experience, I suppose. And um, in this field, that's a lot. Uh, it's not like podcasting used to be a designation, you know, 10 right. years ago. Uh, so I, su- I suppose I had enough of experience um, in the field. But what I started to, to realize that is, is the most important thing is that launching audio is only a small part of the whole process. Uh, there's like a whole, whole bunch of steps before and a whole bunch of steps afterwards so Amplify A-M-P-L-I-F-Y is seven steps that we actually implement for our clients and L is launch audio so it's in, the, in between three steps before and three steps afterwards mm-hmm. so I kind of started to think about you know, how many authors write books that uh, you know, are in their garage that no one ever gets a chance to read so there's all this stuff that happens on the back end of, of, of creating whatever it is that you create, whether it is, you know, the, you know, the podcast or the, or the book or, or, or the YouTube video or the blog you write, there's all this marketing that comes on the back end of that. Right. But then there's all this stuff that happens before that, right? You need to re- understand who your audience is. So A, you analyze your audience. Who's your audience? Why are you different? And how can, how can you partner with people? So figure out the people, right? The people aspect. That's the A part of, of, of Amplify. M is molding your brand to the audiences. So you're different for a reason. You have skills and unique abilities that you've got to build on. And you know, you know who your people are. So then you build your brand on that. P is product ecosystem. It's actually one of the P's from the key, key person of influence is, the, is product productization creating a product is allows you to have something to sell right. right uh and then you launch your audio uh then you launch your podcast and then from there uh you intensify your messaging by taking that piece of audio and 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 multiplying it so we can take any piece of audio and create anywhere between 70 and 150 unique pieces of content from that wow. one piece of audio Wow. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> some, sometimes I think, well, that totally makes sense. Why didn't anyone think <laughs> before? Um, and uh, and then we foster engagement because engagement is key. Engagement builds trust, uh, and that's when people buy from you. And then, why is yield on investment? What's the point in doing any marketing strategy if you have no ROI? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's key to start with create with the creative element while also merging the commercial element with it. So we have these two camps, right? We have the, the commercial people that kind of go, I'm not going to do that unless there's an ROI. Yep. And you go, dude, like, you know, when you have coffee with your mom, what's the ROI on that? Right. And, you know, it's, all, it's, but it's only single-minded, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the other creative camp who, who go, well, I'm going to create my art, and I can't sell it because, you know, I'll be selling my soul and I shouldn't be money from this. And there's all this other narrative that's around it. And, and the creative and the commercial just need to have a baby together. That's the <laughs> simple way to put it, right? Right. So, so the Amplify process, basically, what it does is it builds, it, has, it, it, it creates a, a machine for uh, the business where the business owner spends 10% of their time in the audio piece of make, doing the recording or, or creating that content and the machine does everything else it just uh, keeps doing that work over and over again while you know hopefully the business owner does something that they love so that, that's really important that the podcast or launching the audio part is so beneficial to the entrepreneur or the business owner or the key person of influence that they can't wait to have that conversation. They can't right. wait you know, to do that recording because they're having fun. Mm-hmm. and We take all the unfun parts and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and do and, and work our magic on that.
1: So you're talking about like show notes and Instagram messages and YouTube videos and all that sort of good stuff. Uh, because I know in myself, and this has been a very, you know, Oh my gosh, again, being a structural engineer, I didn't have any idea about when I started this podcast, how much content you can create and through this podcast, I'm actually launching a book, a physical yeah. book. And then from that book, I'm gonna be launching another book. And it's all just rinse and repeat. You know, again, go back to the media company-esque. This is evergreen content, right? Someone can listen to this in a year's time and still have the same effect as, you know, something it's, the, it's like the news where the news cycle, like you're not gonna watch the news from six months ago. The news isn't relevant from six months ago, but this content, evergreen content is. so. What are the different platforms that you like to spread that content, that, that audio content across? Uh, is it physical? Is it hard? Is it digital? Is it all of the above?
0: All of the above. I mean, we uh, realized uh, in 2017, so last year, that, um, that it, the weird thing was Amazon. There was no one in Australia could upload to, to Audible in Australia. <laughs> Okay. And, and, and I found that weird. I'm like, wait, wait, why? What's the deal here? And there were all these like little, you know, companies that were hacking their way through by having, you know, a relative in the States and you know, <laughs> Audible there. And I said, why can't we just upload to Audible in Australia? So <laughs> I decided to take that on and, 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 and figure that out. And um, we, we got in touch with Amazon And we became the first agency in Australia that could upload to Audible. Wow. (laughs) And I find that crazy that no one even approached Amazon before that Um, because I was there in my hoodie signing this deal (laughs) (laughs) with eight lawyers around the table um, thinking, I can't believe this is not done before. This is is insane. But uh, we do it in all those different ways. And then once we had that deal on and we were just creating audiobooks, we also decided that uh, wait a minute, how can we make it easier for the client? And, uh, and uh, we started doing extractions. So we would extract initially the concept of the book, uh, validate that concept, then go and extract each chapter and then put that together, edit it, create the whole book, then do the audio book. And then from the audio book, we'd create a whole new product that uh, someone could buy from, you know, the book, I and mean, the book could be, you know, broken down into a product. So, you know, it's it's about just being able to, to make it as easy for your customers as possible because, you know, every time we add a new layer of um, credibility or a new layer of content or a new way that they get known to be a KPI um, – everything raises everything goes up everything goes up like it in one go so rather than focus on you know the let me get one client or two clients or three clients let's just focus on on how can we raise the value of the brand instantly right um and and that's really it's it's really been one foot in front of the other dude that's awesome
1: Yep. That's 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 an incredible story and I guess for all those people out there listening thinking because you know, here in the States is every man and his dog seems to have a, have a podcast now <laughs> and you know not everyone's going to have the success that Bond Appetit had straight off the bat. So what do you say to those skeptical people who are business owners who do say who put up a wall that says "Oh, i have got to work on profit and teams and all that sort of crap and, and, and how do you you know understand that it's not about the size of the tribe it's more about who you reach and yeah. how you and you know you know, like is it it's not just an extension of the business card if that makes sense sure
0: it's uh it's, it's it's totally understandable like it's totally understandable for them to put up their wall uh you know business is hard it's a lonely road and everyone's trying to sell stuff to everyone else like is there's no shortage of uh people trying to you know uh, make sure that someone buys their stuff there's no shortage of that so right. absolutely put your wall up and 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 um and just find out more is is what i'd say but if if i had a if i had put all that stuff into context it's really interesting that there is like 90 percent of the podcasts out there have 77 episodes or less
1: wow is that in australia or is that worldwide
0: it's worldwide that's, wow, worldwide. Even, that's crazy
1: Seems like everyone everyone I'm competing with has more than
0: that. (laughs) You can imagine how many of them are there that just like, because it's hard work. It's not, it's not, it's not easy, but someone listening to that can go, well, that, that shows you podcasting doesn't doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But someone else could listen to that and kind of go, well, wait a minute. I'm only competing with 10% of the total podcasts out there. So how difficult does it have to be for me to, you know, so, so the, the best part about a podcast, it's easy to create. The worst part about a podcast is that it's easy to create. <laughs> and and, and uh, just like blogging was at one time, people, you know, uh, discounted it. Just mm-hmm. like YouTube was a while ago, people discounted it. Um, and and you know, audio is in the same space right now. Uh, but if you if you step back and think of a few things, one, every single change that we can see in human history, um has happened because there was one speech that changed the way we thought of things. You can think of the Martin Luther King speech. You can think of Steve Jobs being on stage talking about the phone with one button. Every thought, everyone thought he was loony. So there's, you know, speech has been part of us communicating ideas, big ideas for a long time. If there's a way that you can have that huge connection on, on a weekly basis, uh, why wouldn't you want to have that? right is, is is my argument if if the if the hardware that you you listen to is already in their pockets and it's the first screen that you look at and the last screen you look at every single day why would would you want to be present on that screen as a business owner 100% be skeptical 100% check check whether what i'm saying or anyone else is saying makes sense and you know sometimes you're at a stage in business that you're not ready to put money in the marketing. You're not ready and, 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 and accept that because we go through these different ceilings. The first ceiling is I have an idea how do I make it a reality and you think like once I figure this out it's, it's, it's all sailing from there. Then the next step is you know, you got to prove product market fit. And you think, once I sort this out, it's awesome. And uh, the next ceiling is you go and get a whole bunch of sales. And you think, oh, once I got that, I sorted it out. Then you realize you're doing everything yourself. Then you have to have team. Right. You have team. And then you've got to sort out the operations in the team. That's the next, you know, you've got to make sure that everyone's functioning properly. And the next ceiling from that is culture. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, there's never going to be, you know, a, a time where you're worry-free. However, once you get your cash flow sorted, if you can create for yourself a marketing machine that generates leads for you on a regular basis, then you have the capacity to go and focus on team. Then you have the capacity to go focus on operations and on culture without having to keep going back to get sales and leads and and flip-flopping between those two problems. Right, does that
1: make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, it makes, makes makes total amount of sense. And I, and look, I'm picking up whatever what everyone's putting down. You know, I, I I'm all I'm all all aboard because you know I started this podcast because no one was talking to international investors in the United States. So like, it's a niche, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I don't have the the huge lofty successes, but I have a really strong tribe of people who love to invest in my deals and all that sort of stuff. And and that I think was what I was trying to get at, is that. There's so many niches out there, and you have got a niche, till it hurts. But it's not about being the next Tony Robbins or the next Tim Ferriss or you know the next Bond Appetit. It's just about reaching your tribe in an effective way and being continually in front of your tribe, so you don't lose contact. And then you you know they can refer you onto some someone else, and that can bring into the ecosystems and, and yada yada yada.
0: One hundred percent. And and one of the things that I, I I I forgot to mention is is the relationships you build. This is like networking right. on steroids, dude. Right. This is this is like this 100%. is the amount the amount of relationships that I've built and created over the la like five or six hundred odd or, or episodes that are out in the world that 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 I put out there, like the relationships have been ridiculous, huge. ridiculously awesome. Um, yeah. So that's but, a huge.
1: And I don't know about yourself, but for me personally, like I get off these podcasts, and you know, it's nearly like. It's only like a therapy session, <laughs> if that makes sense. You know, like, because you know that other entrepreneurs are out there struggling and it's like, it's it's good to hear their story. And and that's why people are so gravitated towards that sort of the, how did you get started? Like, I want to know how you got started. It's like, it's not just shiny rainbows and, you know, unicorns. It's, a, it's bloody slumming it and trying to just grind your way through to the success, to whatever success may look like, right? And it's just a constant grind.
0: 100%, man. Even... Today, I walked into the office and uh, we have built Amplify on Freedom. So we still work in a co working space, mm-hmm. uh, and all our team around the world work in co working spaces. Um, and uh, even today, I, I walked in here and I turned on all the lights. So I'm still the first one here. I'm still <laughs> the last one to leave. And and I don't think that um, you talk to, you, you know, you listen to any, any, any rappers any you know sports people any entrepreneurs or, any, or they, they've all put in the hard yards yeah 100% yeah yep so mate walk me through
1: how people can get involved and in Amplify what is a sort of the benchmark then what is the sort of the premium services and what is maybe the free stuff that you might have that people can just get more wrapped in what you do
0: yeah um so <laughs> There's there's so many different things. I mean, we keep innovating on 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 our own products all the time because you know we get feedback from our clients all the time. So it, it, we think of ourselves. We think of ourselves as is the one stop marketing shop. We the only difference is that we base everything from conversation. For us, conversation is you know the bedrock from where we can create all the value. Uh, last year, we had a few unique situations where. You know, we got really well known and we had business owners that would come and say, here's my 10 grand a month, market us. <laughs> and we're like, no. Uh, and we didn't know what that really meant until, you know, they were two or three months down the line and they were okay paying that kind of money, but didn't want to be involved. And we're like, no, we actually need you to be, to, here. To be here, even if it's an hour a week. um even if it's you know you know three hours a month or something we need you to be able to build from uh, and it's I, I, and they were like, no, just put money on ads. I'm like, no, that does not work <laughs> uh, don't work at all And they're like, but other agencies are doing that?" And we suddenly realized, wait a minute, if we were being different, we had to communicate differently. We had to do things differently. We had to actually communicate the value that we were giving our customers in a way that they understood. Because if they had been to another agency before us, chances are they were trying to communicate they were trying to compare us to them uh, and any other agency they had dealt with before. And we were not like any of that stuff. So at the top end, uh, the blue chip level our clients pay us to be Ten grand a month, and they get the whole Amplify framework implemented in their business, along with SEO and Facebook ads and and the works, video, like everything that you can possibly potentially think, think, think about. Right. Um, then we have a first class level, which is just above five grand a month, and that's the Amplify framework, A M P L F Y, you know, functioning, running into the business and it's just implemented day in and day out. Uh, we create the product ecosystems, we make sure uh, messaging is done, we continuously brand, all that stuff is sort of included in, in that. So when someone's thinking, I need to get a full time marketing person on board and I don't want to really manage them mm-hmm. or what skills they have and don't have and all that kind of stuff, that's our blue chip level. Yep. So that's kind of, you know, being able to hire someone at 120 grand a year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, someone trying to hire someone part-time to do their marketing is, is, is at the, the, the five. 60 grand.
1: Grand. Yeah, right. The right. only
0: right. difference is that, uh, just take the first class as an example, we plug in uh, eight different people. Wow. So rather than get one per, so yeah. So at the at the at the sixty grand level, it's like eight different people from content writers, social media managers, marketing managers, strategy, uh, content writers. Um actually we got our content down pat. It's been <laughs> been probably the best part of our, you know, our offerings. Um design, graphics, all that stuff, like at at 60 grand a year is like a no-brainer, right? right For right. companies that, that are in that position. And uh, then, then we realized that um, we had to build marketing plinth, marketing foundation. And uh, we have a 13-week product where, you know, we have extraction with the client. And um, in 13 weeks, we give them 24 articles um, uh, a, a hundred social media messages, 50 images, a lead magnet. Um, and th- we, we build that foundation for them. So we understand them. They understand what we do. And then based on that foundation, we can decide, do we implement the Amplify framework for them now? Or do they need to go and wait? And, you know, maybe the plan is enough so we can decide and we, this, they don't have to commit right. to a, a one year with us. Um, so th- those are, those are our products. We have the library of sound, which is the audiobook agency and the, and the extraction stuff. Um, and uh, we've started to do, we started to do only podcasts for some of our clients. So some clients have already have an existing podcast on or have a perfect concept that we don't need to implement any strategy on. And then, then we don't do the AMP part of things, so we don't do the productization or any of that stuff. We just do the L and the I, mm-hmm. uh, which is you know the weekly, the weekly the podcast chain. production with yep. content, and um, and it's really crazy, Reed, because each of those episodes uh, has seventy-seven different things that we do every week. Wow. For our clients, every week for every single episode. (laughs) So, in terms of the value that they get, it's like ridiculous. Because if they had to do them them, themselves, it's it's a lot of time. Or even if they had to hire someone to do all that stuff, hundred percent. That's like a lot of work. So. yeah (laughs) That's,
1: that's that's the that's the restaurant menu right as as the boys like to say awesome man well look this has been an absolute incredible incredible talk i know i want to be conscious of your time but we didn't really get into the united states aspect of it but for everyone who's listening out there, it's the fact that we, you are, to become a key person of influence, you need to have incredible content. And that's why we've got you on the show today. Um, but you are present in the United States, correct? That's what I want right. to make right. right. yeah. sure. So you're president in 13 time zones, is that correct?
0: Yeah, 12, 13. We just did like three hires this week. So I'm sure that 12 <laughs> goes up <laughs> a little bit. But uh, yeah, 12 time zones. 12 time zones. That's awesome.
1: Well, mate, at the end of every show, I like to ask my guests to give me their lightning round. You ready to jump into it? let's do it man all right buddy what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals
0: i wake up every morning at 4 30 wow yeah um it's been uh (laughs) it's been one of the things that has changed my life and um, my wife still thinks that i'm nuts uh, (laughs) because i don't need to anymore but I think that I need to, I think it's the launch of my day and spending that time on me, you know, the meditation and and being grateful. And I think that has huge impacts. I think I'm less snappier sometimes because (laughs) I do that. So yeah, 4.30 every morning.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Who's the most influential in in your career? Who's the most influential person in your career today?
0: Well, I, I I want to say the first name that comes to mind is Batman for some reason. <laughs> not for <Good>. some, <laughs> it's not for some reason. It's, it's that, um, I, I resonate with the character uh, right. a lot because Batman does, um, the right thing irrespective of how hard it is and right. something that, that I, Try and do every, I, in, in hindsight, I get some of the stuff wrong. Don't, I'm, not, I'm not 100% right all the time at all by no stretch of the imagination. But I have to say, the Key Person of Influence program has been big, 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 yes. and very influential for me.
1: Yes, I, I would, I would, I would tend to agree, uh, mate. I know that you have a huge digital marketing business, but what's the number one tool, whether it be physical, digital, whatever it might be, that you use to, you know, keep the business chugging forward, or just a something that you use every day that helps work, make it
0: work? Um, the iPad for me was one hmm. of those, those those things that I I. I did not buy one of those apple products that i didn't want to buy because i'm like i got the i got the macbook uh i got the phone i have the watch i do i really need the ipad (laughs) um but luckily i bought it because it has put like and i and the pen because i my notes right now like i can i i'm really good with diagrams to explain concepts i use models and Mm -hmm. and And, and I use those explanations. So to get them in one place has been amazing. And every Monday morning I do a brain dump of all the tasks that are in my head. And that list gets sent to the whole team. So everyone kind of knows what's in Ron'sley's head (laughs) that's irritating him. So that practice um, of writing in a digital format that allows it to be spread uh, is, is huge.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Mate, what is the biggest failure you've uh, experienced in your career and what did you learn from that failure?
0: The restaurant by far has been, you know, one of the, the things that uh, <laughs> I still have uh, battle scars from. But, uh, you know, half a million in debt three months after being married. I think what I learned from that was um, I had no intention of being married, to be honest. <laughs> I, I actually thought I would always be single uh, and uh, when I was ready to have a kid I'd just adopt that literally that was my plan wow until I met Rochelle and she just messed everything up for me I had <laughs> <laughs> just out the window but I, I, I asked a whole bunch of people I looked up to what the definition of a husband was and they were like you know protector and provider and all that kind of stuff and it's almost like the universe kind of went well learn what it's like to be a real husband and it was it was being vulnerable and learning how to how to express myself and uh, learning that I didn't have to be, you know, the man all the time or whatever that definition is. So I think that lesson has been for me has changed. I has changed the way I see the world, the perspective. I given me emotional intelligence, which I had none of before. So uh, yeah, that, that's, that's awesome.
1: Definitely. That's yeah. awesome, man. No, definitely. It's a pretty a different perspective of having someone else you've got to think of besides yourself is pretty important. I've had to learn that being, a, you know, being an entrepreneur myself is just like, you're always like, go, 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 go. But you've got to take a step back and think, oh, what about them? <laughs> because it's two in this relationship, right? So, yeah. yeah, mate, last question. Where can people reach you to continue the conversation?
0: uh, all the projects i work on we, we try to keep that as uh, as current as possible um, you know the podcast obviously is huge uh, in terms of listening so you get a, a chance to hear what's so the, i don't really have set questions i really try to you know, scratch my own itch. I suppose with every right. guest I have on the show, and I feel right, like right, my right. only job as a host is to get that story. <laughs> so, um, you know, like, uh, yeah, you know, listen to listen to either one of the podcasts. Should I start a podcast? Dot com uh, because <laughs> everyone kept asking me, should I start a podcast? Honestly, I'm like, let's start that podcast <laughs> and uh, the Bond Apathy podcast as well.
1: Awesome, awesome, well, mate, thank you so much for dropping by. I'm really in, just incredibly humbled by you know the the knowledge that you brought just some of the, the key takeaway points from today was just you know creating that key person of influence status i think it's really important but also understanding how much content you can create through conversations and i think one of the key pieces was that if you could record every conversation that you have with a client like imagine if you could take it to the rest of your clients and, and how much gold that you can create and i think your business and amplify is, cap, is is all about capturing that and and then for those people out there who are listening who don't really get their head wrapped around it just yet, just know that we're in 2018, people want to know your message, they want to get around you, and you're going to be able to amplify your business by having more content online and essentially digital assets, right? Did hey, I leave anything out then?
0: <laughs> no, totally. Like, you know, if someone's looking to solve a problem, they're first going to Google it. Right. Uh, and, and you really want to be the business that, they, that, they, that tries to solve that problem. Right, um, than, so, Yeah.
1: Well, mate, thank you for dropping by. Enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up soon. Thanks, buddy.
0: Thank you for this. This has been awesome.
1: Well, there you have it. Another cracking episode jam-packed with some incredible actionable steps and advice. If you do want any of the show notes from today's show, head to my website, reedgoosens.com. Remember to click on the podcast tab. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day to tune in to continue to grow your financial IQ because that's what we're all about here on this show. We're going to do this all again next week, so take care, be safe, remember, happy investing.